Welcome to Fifth Draw Wild, everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and this week we are starting in on a three-week series of episodes. I hope you'll enjoy them. On a related note, do you enjoy these multi-part episodes? Would you like to see us go back to doing standalone episodes? Your feedback is important to us, so let us know. Now, let's dive into the first episode of our series. Enjoy! And our guest today is Shannon Maynard, returning guest. Welcome back, Shannon. Hey, thanks for having me again. Oh, yeah, anytime. You're, uh, this is number two for you. Yep. Uh, uh, as established the last episode, uh, that puts you one away from the friend of the show hat trick. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get there soon enough. Man, I hope so. This, uh, <laughs> this episode promises to be a pretty exciting episode uh, as we move along here. So, uh, Shannon, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about everything Sailor Moon, because there is a lot of it. I am unbelievably excited to cover this. Uh, so far, my only experience with Sailor Moon is, uh, you know, back in the 90s, I would see like little fragments of it pop up here and there. It's kind of in the world, and especially as the internet became more of a thing, you know, those little gifts would creep into message boards and things like that. But uh, my real experience is with this is only pretty much the Sailor Business Podcast and a little bit of the Love and Justice Podcast. Um, so you're going to be having to educate me on some pretty ground-level things on this, I feel like. Well, I'm ready to do it. I've basically been obsessed with Sailor Moon since I was a little kid, so it's definitely something that's stayed in my life for probably far too long, but at this point, I'm not stopping. It's too late. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to turn into that skid. Yeah. Uh, you just got to roll with it. Um, so first up, we're just going to kind of run this down in roughly chronological order. So we're starting back with the original manga. Mm-hmm. So uh, when is that? What was that? Who is that? All right. Well, the original manga was started back in the 90s. I can't remember the exact year. I want to say 93 or 94. Uh, and it's... Created by Naoko Takauchi. Uh, she basically started it because she wanted to draw cute girls. And then she just kind of made Sailor V, which was like a prototype for Sailor Moon, which follows the alternate identity of Sailor Venus. As you know, it's great to start a story with one of the not main characters. Uh, as, you, as you do, yeah. You just yeah. want to get someone not critical of the plot in there. But yeah, it was. Pretty, uh, I guess she's still critical but it was just one of those she wanted to run a prototype and see if this idea could be popular for just like girls in cute outfits fighting monsters and saving the day and it ended up being pretty popular so she turned it into sailor moon which started about like a year or so later and it just kind of kept going from there and the anime kind of started alongside the manga which is why the 90s anime gets kind of crazy because they didn't have the manga at the same time it was one of those okay but uh yeah i guess that's about it uh the manga is my favorite version of sailor moon because it's just kind of got a totally different tone than the 90s anime which is the first my first way that i watched sailor moon as a kid because it's what was on tv yeah. But then once I got like obsessed with it, I realized that I had the internet and I could go download anything I wanted for Sailor Moon. <laughs> so within like a month, because it was the 90s, I had all of the manga and I read all of it and it became my go-to version of Sailor Moon because I was like a budding artist and the manga art to this day, I think is one of the prettiest manga arts I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, that's just kind of... It started it, and from there, I got every other version of Sailor Moon. 
Okay. Well, let's uh, let's use kind of this this segment to kind of introduce the core story a little bit too, um, and we'll we'll build then on what changes as we move down the line. Um, so Sailor Moon stars. Uh, I guess the core group is just the five Sailor Sinchi. Uh, yeah, it starts with the story of a Skino Usagi, who's just your everyday middle schooler. I think she starts the series fourteen. Yeah, that's right. And she meets a she meets a talking cat who gives her a brooch that lets her transform into the pretty guardian Sailor Moon. And that's right away she meets a monster that's trying to take over a jewelry store and steal everyone's energy. And in the manga, this monster is actually terrifying because it's her friend uh, Naru's mother. And her face just kind of melts off into this demon face and she just starts trying to murder everyone and like taking over everyone's body and making them attack Usagi. So Usagi's first instance with monsters is her best friend's mother turning into a monster and then she has to attack normal everyday people and she's just freaking out because she's had these powers for like five minutes and everyone's trying to kill her and... That's when and Luna's just kind of acting as her guardian, be like, "Oh, here's all these powers you have. You can." In the manga, she has like a supersonic crying technique that she literally uses once, and like <laughs> never again. But it's really cute because Usagi's a big crybaby because she's a 14 year old girl being confronted by monsters. She cries on a good day. Of course, she's gonna cry when a monster attacks her, and she just starts crying and it breaks all the glass and all the monsters like collapse and she's kind of like, "Oh, cool, that worked." And then she gets her. <laughs> little magic wand and she does her finishing move and then tuxedo mask shows up which is in the manga he's much more passive than he is in the 90s anime like he's just kind of in the corner but like hey sailor moon you can do it bye and then leaves and she's like all right i guess i'll do all the fight it's cool whereas in the 90s anime he kind of takes over a lot of the fights well uh, you, you know that that seems like a really useful superhero to have at your side yeah a well-dressed gentleman who can throw a rose <laughs> Solid. Actually, in the manga, he does have magical powers, which are kind of cool. He has an attack oh. called La Tuxedo Smoking Bomber, where it's just kind of an explosion. Nice. It's really cool. Um, Sailor Moon Crystal happened recently, and I was watching it with my husband, who really only knows the 90s anime, so a tuxedo mask did Tuxedo La Smoking Bomber! And he was just like, wait, what? He has magic <laughs> powers now? That's insane! <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I guess the 90s didn't make him useful. He, he does way more than throw roses. He's actually a part of the team. Uh, as I understand it, we'll come to this more in the 90s anime. Uh, as I understand it, his entire use is to throw a rose and deliver, like, cat hanging from a clothesline level, encouraging one-liners, and then vanish. Basically, yeah. He has a, He's a bit more of an emotional support in the 90s manga. Or, 90s manga, the manga. And, um... Yeah, he's just, he's a lot more interesting because he's a lot, he's not mean to her. He's maybe like jokingly mean to her once or twice, but then once they realize who each other are, they're kind of just like, all right, we can just cut to the chase now. We know, we know what's going on. I don't have to keep being mean to you. I was just teasing you because like, you're really bad at school and you threw paper in my face. So of course I'm going to like be a little snarky. You're kind, that was kind of a jerk move, which I guess for more, more backstory, they are destined moon lovers because there's a bit of a... Romeo and Juliet thing in Sailor Moon too, because they're actually reborn people from the past, which Usagi is from the Moon Kingdom. 
she was the moon princess and Tuxedo Mask was the prince of Earth. And they were supposed to get married, but there was a big war with Queen Beryl, who's their main enemy for the first arc. And uh, Tuxedo Mask, or King Prince Endymion gets killed and Romeo and Juliet style, Princess Serenity kills herself. And then Queen Serenity basically just kind of wipes the slate clean and sends them to the future to be reborn. Because that's now, how you ha- handle a bad situation. Well, yeah, I mean, everything you said is just the most obvious line of thought anyone could have, really. Um, now, now, is this one of those situations where, you know, having read ahead a little bit, uh, is this one of those situations where Sailor Saturn was involved in the whole wiping the slate clean? Uh, Sailor Saturn was not involved in this one, I think. At least, I don't think so. Later on in the series, they kind of do point back that there were other factors involved in the whole destruction of the Silver Millennium, which was the Kingdom on the Moon, like in uh, the Super S arc of the manga, which was the Dead Moon Clan. No. Dead Moon Circus. There's a lot of Dead Moons, <laughs> apparently. It's uh, There was a queen who was the queen of the dark side of the moon, and Queen Serenity was the queen of the light side of the moon, and uh, Queen Nehelenia... Yeah, Queen Nehelenia was basically like, you didn't invite me to your party to see your new baby, so I'm just going to curse your kingdom to die. And they're like, oh, well, now you're trapped in a mirror. But then the whole thing happened where their kingdom actually did die. Okay. So that, yeah, no. Okay, makes total sense. (laughs) Still completely logical. Um, (laughs) So we have Usagi. She has her powers. Uh, Mamoru looks spiffy in a cape and a top hat. Um who shows up next? Uh, next, going in order, it's going to be Sailor Mercury, who is Amy uh, Mizuno. She is basically the Blue Ranger of the team. She's the tech girl. She's the smart one. Uh, she meets Usagi, and she's really shy because all she does is math and study because she wants to be a doctor when she grows up. So she's not very socialized, and Usagi just kind of like falls into her life really bubbly and happy, and they become friends, and they find out she's Sailor Mercury. Which is, she's the guardian of, I think they say, like, wisdom and water. But her, her there's two water sailor scouts, and Mercury kind of leans towards, like, ice and, like, cold water. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, a lot of her attacks are freezing, and she's got a computer, and she's very tactical. She's, like, the support of the team. Gotcha. Okay, and, and who's after that? After that is Sailor Mars, which is Rei Hino. She's one of the characters that is vastly different from the manga to the anime. Oh, please tell me. Oh, uh, yeah. What's, what's she the, like in the manga? In the manga, like, she's weird and, like, kind of aloof, but in the way where she's not mean. She just doesn't know how to talk to people, so she comes off really cold because she just kind of, she's a shrine maiden, so she just spends all of her time taking care of the shrine and just, like, praying and... Hang, do, she has supernatural powers naturally so she just kind of does a bunch of new supernatural stuff so she's just not used to people so when she hangs out with people she comes off really cold and blunt and everyone's just kind of like we know you mean well and you love everyone but you're kind of a jerk and then she'll kind of like fix herself and you see her kind of loosening up as the manga goes on where she'll be a bit nicer and not as cold because Usagi kind of has like her superpowers friendship as they say on Sailor Business so she kind (laughs) of brings the best out of everyone and it's great but then in the 90s anime she's just she's just a straight-up jerk she's mean to everyone and she just wants a boyfriend and is obsessed with boys whereas in the the manga I think in the Dead Moon 
uh, circus. She straight up says she took a vow of chastity for a princess. All right. Uh, now, so far, what, what this kind of sounds like is uh, in the manga, she's more of the, I guess, mysterious protagonist kind of stereotype. Yeah, she's more of just like, everyone's always pointed out that like she's very beautiful, but she's a mysterious beauty. So she's just like the hot girl at a party that everyone's too scared to talk to. That's, okay. That's basically what Rei Hino is, but she's also still kind of like the hothead because she's the one with all the firepowers and she if anyone's going to be like no we have to do this right now this way it's going to be her okay and so contrasting that over to the anime and that one she sounds more like she's just kind of the mean girl stereotype yeah she's 100 percent the mean girl stereotype and she's just kind of there to like make usagi cry and butt heads with her so like when a lot of people are like i hate ray i'm like no ray's great wait which Ray do you hate? Okay, never mind. That one makes sense. <laughs> uh, so who is number four of our core group? Number four is Sailor Jupiter, who is my favorite. I'm wearing my Sailor Jupiter shirt right now. <laughs> uh, Sailor Jupiter is, she's the guardian of thunder and, and storms, I think. Just like storms in general. In Japanese mythology, mythology the planet Jupiter... Um, is like the guardian of storms and nature. So she'll suddenly have attacks that involve like cherry, uh, cherry blossom petals or just like she has Jupiter Oak Revolution. So from like our context, we're like, oh, Jupiter equals thunder. Then she has like a plant attack. and Everyone's like, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. But it's like a Japanese thing. Okay. But uh, yeah, she's uh, she shows up at the school as a transfer student because she got kicked out of her other school for fighting. <laughs> and she's like taller than everyone and like super tough but she's actually like a super sweetheart like all she wants to do is cook and like get a boyfriend and get married one day and settle down and she wants to have like a bakery and she loves t gardening and taking care of plants but she'll also straight up punch a dude in the face then murder him with lightning <laughs> you know I'm, I'm kind of seeing a trend here with the uh, the characters that you tend to like I have uh, no idea what you're talking about a lot of them are comprised of that that key critical component of will just straight punch a dude in the face and kill him with lightning. Yeah. <laughs> but she's perfect, so it's okay. Okay. Well, as long as she's perfect. Yeah, there's uh, definitely, um, in the musicals, they'll do a thing where the fight scenes will be, like, everyone singing and, like, fake, fake fight dancing. But when Jupiter comes out, she's straight up just, like, punching everyone and, like, headbutting everyone, kicking everyone, where everyone else is, like, being cutesy about it. And she's just like, nope. I'm here to destroy everything. <laughs> but then she'll turn around and be like, I made everyone a cute lunch. <laughs> but yeah, she kind of grows into her own because when she first shows up, she's like kind of nervous around everyone because she knows how she comes off, but she knows how she really is. And she's just trying to put like this fake persona out and meeting Usagi. She's kind of like, oh, I can embrace everything and I can just be myself because you guys are the best. And she's really cute. Nice. I was I was a tomboy as a kid, so when Jupiter showed up, and she was like a super tomboy, but then also still like baking and girly stuff. It was like the first time in my life where I was like, oh, "You can be girly and a tomboy." No one told me this. Great, that's awesome. We're we're gonna come back around to that point because I think that's probably one of the most important things about Sailor Moon. So we're gonna come back around to that uh, near the end here. Um, so who rounds out our fifth person? 
Our fifth is Sailor Venus, who is probably my second favorite of the inner senshi, which are these four inner planets. Okay. Uh, she is the... Uh, she doesn't really have an element. Her element is love. She's the char- She's the heart guy of planet uh, the planet tears, <laughs> but I don't know. She just she does it better. But she's also another character that is a hundred percent different from the manga to the anime, and it's heartbreaking because she's great. Okay. I think I yell at Sailor Business every once in a while because they always call her a block of wood. I'm like, please read the manga. She's so great. <laughs> but um, her whole thing is again, she was Sailor Venus while everyone else was still kind of not having their powers. They didn't awake to their old memories of the Silver Millennium. So, like, she was doing this stuff while they still weren't doing anything. And so when she shows up, she's, she's like, the old man that's like, ah, I already know how to do all of this. I'm just gonna be here to help you guys because I'm technically the leader of the Sailor Scouts because it's the four of them are the protectors of Usagi, who is the princess. So instead of Usagi being the leader, which is kind of how it is in the anime, it's Venus leads the other three while they protect Usagi. So she kind of has much more of a leadership role in the manga, which is really interesting, which is a nice contrast because her personality is actually just like very, she's very loud and selfish and she just wants to be an idol and like she doesn't care what it takes for her to get what she wants, but then she'll turn around and be like, all right, we have to be focused. We're going to go find these monsters. We're going to do everything we need to do. But there's also this monster that's running an audition to be an idol. So I'm going to go take care of that one. You guys go do everything else. But please <laughs> cheer for me because I hope I do well. I know it's a monster, but I still want to win. <laughs> Whereas in the anime, uh, she's there. Okay. Yeah, she doesn't really get a personality until Sailor Moon, uh, Sailor Moon Super. Which some of that kind of starts showing through finally. But season one and season two. She kind of doesn't matter. Okay. So that's that's our core group of good guys. I know later on down down the chapters, um, they add in some more some more uh, sailor scouts and whatnot, uh, sailor soldiers and everything. Um, but what are they? They faced first. You mentioned Queen Beryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's the deal with her in the Dark Kingdom? Uh, Queen Beryl is. All right, well, going back to the Silver Millennium, there's the whole conflict with Earth and the Moon, and basically there's a threat of war, and the Prince Endymion and Queen uh, Princess Serenity coming together in marriage was supposed to, like, help solve everything, and, like, they did legitimately fall in love, so they wanted it to happen, and uh, the they would always go off to the, uh, the Moon and, like, hang out together, but then everyone on Earth was kind of like, no, we still want this war? And Queen Bar- uh, Queen Beryl, I don't think she becomes a queen until she's taken over by Metallia, and then they create the Dark Kingdom. Okay. So she's originally just someone on Earth who just, there's this great power called uh, Metallia, and Metallia kind of just lays an influence over everyone and turns them against the moon, despite the fact that all this is going to happen. So basically, a war erupts, and Queen Beryl's the head of it, and she, the, um... For Shinteno, uh, Zoysite, uh, Jedi, Nephrite, and Kunzite, they're all actually basically Tuxedo Mask's Sailor Scouts. They work with him. So, okay. like, what uh, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, and Venus are to Usagi, those four are to Maru. But they get corrupted and turned evil and turn against him and basically just ruin everything. So then when uh, Queen Serenity wipes the slate clean, 
they all just kind of go with Metallia and Queen Barold with the Dark Kingdom and then awaken later to start causing trouble with Usagi in the future. Basically, once Usagi starts waking up, everything else kind of wakes up too. Okay, gotcha. So that's kind of the first villain set, right? Yep. Okay. That is considered the Dark Kingdom arc. It's the one that you're going to see the most. It's the whole season of Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, the live-action Sailor Moon, is only Dark Kingdom. And it just kind of, it's the first one, so it shows up the most, and everyone has the most attachment to it. But, I don't know. I think all the later villains are kind of a bit more interesting. These guys were kind of just, like, laying the status quo. Gotcha. Okay, so... So their whole goal starts out with just um, the four, the four Sheetno and Queen Beryl, right? That's kind of the original core group of the bad guys. Yeah. And they're trying to free Metallia? Uh, yeah, they're trying to basically just use Metallia's energy to take back over the Earth like they originally wanted to and just kind of get rid of the White Moon, the people of the White Moon, which is all the Silver Millennium people because... Usagi's got this thing called the uh, Silver Millennium Crystal, which is what powers her brooch. And it's basically, the more the manga goes on, it's the ultimate power of the world. It's, okay. like, it's the most powerful thing. Like, when we get to stars, she literally rewrites the universe. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so basically every villain, one way or another, wants to get their hands on it because it's the ultimate power and they can use it to get whatever they want. But Queen Beryl's a bit more selfish. She just kind of wants, she wants King and she wants Endymion. Or he's still just a prince now. Prince Endymion. And she wants to take over the world. She's pretty basic. She's like, I don't, I'll kill these little girls. I just want all this stuff for me. I don't care. I just, I'm basic. Okay. Good basic villain. That's, that's, yeah. that's great. Um, so then uh, once... Metallia is kind of awoken. Um, they focus in on Usagi, right? To try to get the crystal from her? Uh, yeah. At this point, in both the manga and the anime, all the Sailor Scouts have died, like, protecting her. So it's kind of her left on her own, and she kind of turns into Princess Serenity and saves the world using her crystal and just kind of wipes out Beryl and Metallia pretty easily. And uh, The whole thing with Sailor Scouts is since... Their base powers are being reborn, which is cool, but also one of those, like, anytime anyone dies, you're just like, I'll just wait till you come back. Like, it's still sad, but I know you're going to be right back. <laughs> okay. Just, they yeah, just have they, to respawn. It's fine. Yeah, so they basically just, like, sacrifice their power to Usagi so she has enough power to go stop Beryl and Metallia, and then they all die. And once she finishes everything, she gets to, like, unleash their power again and bring them back. So. All right. So, so already, and we're going to cover this a bit more when we get to the anime, but uh, it feels like the main, the manga is uh, a bit darker, just kind of in tone. Yeah, it's a lot more complex. Um, the manga, when it was originally written, it was not for kids. It was for people around the same age as Usagi. So it was for, like, 14-year-olds and, like, preteens and teenagers. So they don't really talk down to the audience. Like, they're not afraid to be like, here's all these terrible things happening. Here's what they're doing to fix it like the shinteno in the anime they stay around for like episodes upon episodes upon episodes whereas in the manga like they have a plan and every time they have a plan a sailor scout is awakened and that sailor scout the first thing they do is murder them 
So like Jupiter, sh- when Jupiter awakens, the first thing she does is electrocute Nephrite to death, and like you see him just like fade away and just like. Pfft. So like nice. the Vaga's not afraid to pull punches, and like the further it goes on, it just it keeps doing it. But yeah, it's not one of those like ooh, it's dark and gritty. It's just one of those like, no, they're trying to save the world. Things are going to happen, and they're all gonna keep a smile on their face and be positive, and because their power is based off of love. So they kind of just have to keep going. All right. Um, so Dark Kingdom gets defeated. Yeah. Um, you can't really have a have a superhero franchise without a villain. So who rises to fill that void? After them is the Dark Moon Clan, which is the fir- one of the first times that the manga starts getting super complicated because there's time travel now. Oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, basically, um, the Dark Moon Saga basically happens right away because they f- they f- defeat Metallia and Usagi and Mamaru are, like on a date and they're just like, oh, so glad things aren't crazy anymore. We're going to go on a date. It's going to be fun. And they go in to kiss and a little girl just falls from the sky and lands on both of them and famously steals the kiss from Mamaru because she falls between them and kind of gets the kiss. And Usagi's just like, I don't know who this little girl is. I don't know what's happening. And the little girl just kind of points at her. She's like, are you Skino Usagi? She says, yes. Pulls out a gun and just goes, give me the silver millennium crystal. <laughs> and that's Chibiusa. I understand a bit here um, why she is a divisive figure. <laughs> she's actually, in the manga, she's a lot more interesting. Because the manga, the ma- in the manga, it's her story now. Okay. Like, Usagi's still a main player, but her and Chibiusa kind of share the spotlight now, because it's... Chibiusa is coming from the future, because Neo, uh, Neo-Tokyo, which is Tokyo in the 30th century, where it's Neo-Queen Serenity and King Endymion ruling the future, and no one ages anymore because the Silver Millennium Crystal is just so overpowered. <laughs> and, but um, the Dark Moon Clan invades basically destroy everything and neo queen serenity her silver millennium crystal encap- just encapsulates her in a crystal and she just she goes to sleep everyone else is basically unconscious and dying so chibiusa steals a key of time from sailor pluto and travels into the future to try and save the day okay so um, like in the manga they kind of try to focus a bit more on the fact that she is terrified she just watched everything she knows die and now she's coming to the future where no one knows her and she's just really lonely and she just wants to save her mom. So so I feel one of the key questions that we need to ask here, um, is she a five-year-old or is she a 900-year-old five-year-old? She is a 900-year-old five-year-old. That's sorry, terrifying sorry, and the worst. <laughs> All right, so... You, Usagi needs to check her head. That is not okay. All right, so this is what happens because... Basically, in the future, Usagi is also now, like, 900 plus years old, because it's the same Usagi in the 30th century as the Usagi we're talking to right now in the Dark Moon. That's not good. That's not okay. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, what the Silver Crystal does, it just, it erases everything, because it's, like, a condensed source of just good light, so it just gets rid of, like, anything negative and terrible, so everyone basically grows to be about 20, then just kind of like an elf just kind of lives forever looking like you're 20 and like there's no more war there's no more famine everyone's young and living forever and everything is super peaceful but 
then this planet called Nemesis shows up, which is where, like, all, like, the bad people that can't be fixed have kind of been tossed. And now they're just super mad, and they have, like, their own, like, anti-Silver Millennium Crystal, which is the Black Maleficent, or... I forget what they actually call it. It's not a real word. But, you know, <laughs> they have a black crystal that they're using to power themselves, so that's why they had the upside-down black moon on their foreheads instead of the golden regular crescent moon like everyone else. And they just show up, and they're like, oh, you guys just, like, ruined our lives, and you're living forever, and, like, life doesn't matter if you live forever. So we're gonna teach you guys a lesson. And they try to destroy everything, but Chibiusa escapes, so then they come to the future with her, trying to track her down, because she took the Silver Millennium Crystal from the future with her. I, I feel like I'm siding with the uh, Black Moon Clan here. <laughs> yeah, they kind of have a good point, but their leader's also the biggest creep that's ever happened to Sailor Moon. Uh, well, that does put a damper on it, I guess. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he kind of kidnaps Usagi to try and turn her into his wife because he's just obsessed with Neo Queen Serenity. So he's just like, oh, this one's kind of her, I'll just take her. There's a lot of jealous kissing that happens in this in this whole series, isn't there? Yeah, poor Usagi gets a lot of non-consensual kisses from basically everyone. <laughs> but this is the fir- this is the one that she actively fights against, though. Okay. Yeah, she straight up like tries to get rid of this dude, but since she- he- they all have like the black crystal, it cancels out her silver millennium crystal, so she can't transform. So she kind of ends up stuck and lost with this dude. Whenever he can, I'm a little out of the actual timeline now. By the time this is all happening, all the other Sailor Scouts have been kidnapped, so they're trying to isolate Usagi and Chibiusa. Okay. So they can just get Chibiusa. So, but then so... the prince gets really distracted because, again, he's just obsessed with this girl, so he's like, look, I know what we're actually looking for is right there, but what I'm looking for is right here. So then everything kind of gets derailed because he's a jerk. This is why villain plans don't work. You gotta prioritize, guys. <laughs> yeah, the Black Moon Cannon, it's um, Prince Diamond is the leader, then it's his brother Saphir, and then Esmeralda and Rubius, and then the, sports, the four Spectre sisters, they kind of don't matter. They're again, the kind of, they go down to kidnap the Sailor Scouts, and each one of them gets killed, but successfully takes the Sailor Scout away from Usagi. But um, yeah, basically everyone else in the Dark Moon Clan, they're like, just ignore Prince Damon. We'll keep doing what we need to do because he's <laughs> insane. We're just going to try and go get Chibiusa. But then there's this other evil figure in the background called Wise Man, who's the Death Phantom. And he gets a hold of Chibiusa, which is where she becomes Black Lady. Because, again, Chibiusa's whole thing is that she's sad, she's alone. She's 900 years old of a five-year-old because, again... Everyone ages till they're 20 and then lives forever. She stopped aging at five and she can't transform into Sailor Moon, which she was supposed to take over being Sailor Moon because once uh, Usagi became Neo Queen Serenity, she's not Sailor Moon anymore. So supposed to go to Usagi or Chibiusa. But Chibiusa can't do anything. So she's like, oh, sweet. I'm just 900 years old and I'm totally useless to my family. No one thinks I'm actually my mother's daughter. The only friend I have is... Sailor Pluto, who can't leave her station, and I guess I'm just gonna go to the future where no one knows me and no one likes me. Everyone thinks I'm a bad guy. <sighs> so when Wise Man shows up, he's like, hey, I can aid you. She's just like, sold. What do you want? See, that's a more compelling story than the one that I picked up on in uh, just listening to Sailor Business talking about the, the anime. 
Because in yeah. that, it seems like they just did not understand this character. Like, the, the show didn't understand the character. Yeah. Since the anime kind of has to do this thing where there needs to be more than five episodes, everyone kind of has to be stupid. Whereas in the manga, Chibiusa pointed straight to Usagi and goes, I know you're Sailor Moon. I know you have the Silver Millennium Crystal. Give it to me. I need it. And every all the villains were just like, we know exactly who we're going after. We know you're all the Sailor Scouts. We just, we're just gonna get you out of the way so we can steal all this stuff from Chibiusa. So everything's, like, happening immediately instead of taking, like, 60 episodes. <laughs> okay, so this this uh, this kind of brings us around and introduces us to our next um, next Sailor Scout that you mentioned, uh, Sailor Pluto. Oh, I have a lot to say about Sailor Pluto. I have so much to say about Sailor Pluto. Fire away. Uh, Sailor, she's... One of my favorite Sailor Scouts. She is so great, and she's one of the more inciting forces of the this arc. But in the 90s anime, they they give her nothing. She shows up maybe three times, like gives Chibiusa a half hug, and then just like disappears. Whereas in the manga, she is the reason Chibiusa becomes Black Lady, and she is also the reason Chibiusa stops being Black Lady. Because her and Chibiusa, they're both, like, these very lonely characters. Like, Sailor Pluto's whole thing is she is the guardian of time. And there's a door, the time door, that she has to stand in front of. That's it. That's all she can do. She can't leave this room. She can't do anything. And she has, like, a list of taboos that, like, if you try to alter time, you'll die. If you try to stop time, you die. If you try to do this, you're gonna die. Just stand next to this door. That's it. That's all you get to do. And she's just like, all right. That seems like a bad job. Yeah, but, like, she takes it in stride. Like, she takes a lot of pride in it. Like, people will come to her and she's like, no, this is what I do. I am so happy to serve my king and queen. I love this job. But, you know, I am lonely. But then Chibiusa would come visit her. And they became friends because Chibiusa had no one. Everyone thought she was useless. So she just, like ran away one day and finds Pluto and Pluto's immediately just like oh hey it's my princess how are you doing come hang out with me it's great and Chibius is just like how do you know I'm the princess she's like well duh look at you you're gonna grow up and be beautiful like your mother one day of course you're my princess why would I not recognize you and Chibius is like you're the first person to call me the princess and you recognize that like I'm my mother's daughter so they become best friends immediately and like their relationship is the backbone of Dark Moon Clan. And I'm trying to like not get emotional, but there's a 100% chance I probably will because I love these two. <laughs> and um, basically what happens from there is anytime Chibiusa gets scared, she'll go to Pluto. And when all the Sailor Scouts get kidnapped and Usagi's furious and she's like, Chibiusa, you're not telling me something. What's happening? My friends are disappearing and I know you have something to do with it. Please just tell me anything. And Chibiusa's like, I can't. I can't tell you anything. I'm so sorry. And she runs away to Pluto. And Pluto's just like, hey, it's cool. Calm down. Don't be scared. You're fine. You're my princess. You're honest. And you're brave. And I love you. You're great. Like, don't feel bad about what you're doing right now because you're trying to help. Even if they can't see it, you are. And she's like, you're so great. I love you. You're great. Goodbye. And she's just like, yeah, like, you're the only thing that makes me happy. So, like, thanks for coming and visit me. That's how important you are. 
And when Chibiusa leaves, King Endymion comes in and he's just like, hey, where's Chibiusa? And Pluto's immediately just like, oh, I haven't seen her. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. She's fine. So King Endymion leaves, but Pluto's kind of in love with King Endymion. So Chibiusa's watching from the side and she sees Pluto just kind of like happy. But, and Chibiusa's like, oh, you said I'm the only thing that makes you happy. But something else is making you happy. And that's when Wiseman comes in. And he's just like, yeah, look, your one friend doesn't care about you. Come hang out with me. And then that's how she gets corrupted into Black Lady because she's a shitty, jealous little kid. And it happens sometimes. So, yeah, she becomes Black Lady because she just feels so betrayed by the one person she thought was her friend. And then when she is Black Lady, she ha- she uh, one way or another, she ends up with both of the Silver Millennium Crystals, the one that she steals from Usagi, because Usagi is trying to be like, look, you're my daughter. I love you. Please stop trying to destroy the world. She's like, oh, well, if you love me so much, why am I... Why am I like this? I got corrupted. You weren't here to help me. You kicked me out. You were mad at me. I don't care what you think. Get out of here. And she takes away Usagi's power. She has both the crystals. And, like, all the villains are here. Like, most of them are dead. Except for, I think it's Saphir or Diamond. Either way, someone's trying to put the two crystals together. Because it will end the world. And Pluto comes running in and stops time. Which is one of her taboos that she's not supposed to do, because she'll die. But she's just like, Chibiusa's in trouble. I have to go help. So she leaves her station, her one and only job that she's so proud of. She leaves it for Chibiusa. And she just goes running in, stops time, uh, unfreezes all the Sailor Scouts. She's like, look, just go get those. Get the crystals. Don't let them touch. Like, just please save Chibiusa. And then she dies. Oh. And, oh, God, it's the most heart-wrenching scene because she's dying in their arms and she just looks at Sailor Moon and she's like, all I've ever wanted to do is fight beside you. Thank you. I got to fight beside you and that's that's literally all I've wanted. Please save Chibiusa. And she, she looks over at Chibiusa, who's still Black Lady, and Black Lady's just like, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. I'm Black Lady. I'm evil right now. Why am I feeling emotions? And Pluto's dying words are, thank you for letting me be your friend. And then she just dies in Sailor Moon's arms. And Chibiusa just starts, or Black Lady just starts crying. And she's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm Black Lady. I'm alone. No one's supposed to love me. That's why I have these powers. But this person just died for me and told me that they loved me and that I'm their precious princess. And when she's crying, her silver millennium crystal appears and she turns into Sailor Sailor Chibi Moon for the first time. And she appears before Pluto, dead body, and just goes, look, Pluto, I finally did it. I finally transformed. I did it. I am my mother's daughter. And then just starts crying because Pluto's dead and it's her only friend. And none of that showed up in the 90s anime. (laughs) I feel like we missed out on a lot there. That that (laughs) seems really important that... It feels like Pluto was more of her mother than Usagi yeah. turned out to be. Oh, yeah. Pluto is 100% a better mother to basically everyone on the team than Usagi is to Chibiusa. To be and... fair to Usagi, I would not vote her mother for anyone ever. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just this scene shows up in the manga. It shows up in the season two of Crystal. It shows up in my favorite musical. And, like, I don't know what it, like, I feel bad I shouldn't like this scene because Pluto dies in it. And it's really sad. And I'm very proud of myself for not crying while talking about it. 
And it's just one of those, it says everything you need to know about Pluto in like a couple of pages without giving her too much char uh, character development, but it just, she's so selfish and she just loves Chibiusa so much that she breaks everything that she's supposed to do in her life to save her. And then in the anime, she exists twice, doesn't say anything, and none of that happens. Oh. Yeah, she's just like in the background, just like, I don't even have a relationship with anyone. Instead of being the driving force that saves Chibiusa. And like, their friendship stays. Like, every uh, the next season, she's reborn. And when she shows up, Chibiusa loses her mind. Because Chibiusa's like, you're back? Oh! And just like runs over and hugs her. She's like, I didn't think I'd see you again. And she's like, look, I'll always come back to you. You're my princess. I got this. And like, whenever something happens to Pluto, the first person they cut to is Chibiusa. And she's usually very upset. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, their friendship's great. And it doesn't exist in the 90s anime. And I'll be bitter about it forever, but I'm trying to not be. Well, they did they did give you Crystal, at least, which yeah. we'll get to. Yeah, um, which I'll say I have a lot of problems with Crystal, but this scene in Crystal, perfect. So, um, with Black Lady kind of restored, how yeah. does how does the rest of the uh, the Black Moon Clan story end? Well, I think at this point, the, rest, the Black Moon Clan's already done with, and it's Wise Man who's turned into the Death Phantom, so they're fighting this big colossal force. Basically, every season of Sailor Moon wraps up into, here's all these human villains. Now here's this big celestial villain. Oh, once Final the Fantasy. humans are, Yeah, once all the human villains are out of the way, you deal with the big celestial body. So once Chibiusa transforms into uh, Sailor Chibi Moon, Usagi's just like, all right, now you can fight with me. Like, I know you're very traumatized right now you're holding on to sailor pluto's rod and crying but you need to get up and fight with me and chibius is just like yep that's what i'm gonna do and they both get their new rods and they go defeat uh death phantom together and it's really cool nice now how long does this breath of fresh air last before the next big disaster shows up <sighs> i think a tiny bit longer no, it's basically like they defeat a major villain one day and like the next week another one shows up. And they're just like, I swear to God, we just cleaned it up. <laughs> I think even in the manga when S starts, like Usagi is just like feeling the burden. But you kind of get to see her just be like, I had to put on a smile for everyone. Everything's terrible, but I'm going to keep being positive and hope that everything goes okay. And me and my friends are just going to have a life. And we're going to be happy? Oh, that school child just turned into a mutant demon. All right, never mind. I guess we'll go take care of that. <laughs> Shannon, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shannon Maynor. You can find me on Tumblr at shannonmaynorart.tumblr.com. You can find my store at shannonmaynor.storeenvy.com. Uh, you can also find me on another podcast called Cool Kids Table, which is going to be on Twitter at cool Ki or CKTCast. You can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend? Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Rosevere and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening.